The information on this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All information contained on or related to this podcast is for general information purposes only. joined here today uh, with Sherry, who is a mom of two teenage boys who have Crohn's disease, uh, Parker, who's now 17, and Nathan, who is now 15. Having children with IBD is definitely something we need to touch on, and we know we have listeners who are parents. Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm Lisa. And I'm Chantel, and this is Guts and Glory. So, Sherry, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you here. And uh, you're being embraced yes. by our studio dog, Jensen. I know. He's lovely. Official dog of the podcast. <laughs> um, he's great. We'll put a picture of him on, uh, on our Facebook page so everybody can <laughs> see his warm welcome. Thank you uh, for being here. And tell us a little bit about um, what it's like to have so much Crohn's disease yeah, in the family. I know. It's uh, it's a lot of chaos. Yeah. A lot of chaos thrown at you in a short amount of time. Um, I have the two boys, mm-hmm. and getting used to one was hard. I bet. Um, it's not just being di- – it's not just having your son diagnosed. Your family is diagnosed. You mean you – As a whole. Your whole extended it affa- family. It affects everybody. Right. It's not just – the person who who has the disease it affects everybody so having one child and getting used to that is enough hectic crazy changes that have to occur it's now throwing in another one on top of that and it becomes really really tricky so let's just talk about that for a second when did the first one was Parker who Parker, got his yeah. diagnosis, yeah, right? Yeah. So when did Parker get his diagnosis and where? So Parker was 13, um, and I knew something was a little bit off, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Right. Um, 13, it was grade 8. He should be going through puberty. Yep, not a stressful time at all. You know, <laughs> so um, they're getting ready for high school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their bodies are supposed to be changing. Oh, my gosh, yes. It was it was a lot. So on top of that, he was growing, which was great. And he's very popular, which was great. But he kept losing weight, kept losing weight, kept losing weight. And Parker's then... also very tall. Yes. So he was having so, a large growth spurt Yeah, at this time. and it was crazy. So... Um, I thought it was normal right. because we have a lot of tall people in our family, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, this is normal for him. But, of course, you've got my mother in the background hovering, there's something wrong with him. You need to take him to the doctor. And I'm like, he's okay, he's okay. And then I thought, you know what, maybe I should go get him checked. Um, and was he experiencing pain? Is that what? This is the thing. Is he talking to you, Sherry? No. Okay. So I had no idea that he was up six times in the night going to the bathroom. I had no idea that his stools were a different color. Like, I had no idea that he had anxiety, all this stuff. He kept it to himself, right? Because when they're, you know. Plus, it's 13. At that age, yeah. they don't mom. want to they talk to the their privacy. mom, right? Yeah. Exactly. And you're definitely not going to talk to your mom about your poop. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So with Parker, then I thought, okay, I'm going to get it checked out. And the doctor's like, well, you know, he, he's he's on average, you know, it's it's not bad. And um, given your family history with the height and stuff like that. But then as he kept growing, he was not 
just like maintaining his weight, he was actually losing weight. So then that's when we started all the testing, right? So you go through, is he celiac? Is he this? Is right. he that? Did you notice that he wasn't eating as much at that time as well? Yes, I did. So that's why when they said, you know, he may be celiac and that's why he's not feeling well. And I thought, oh, well, maybe that's why he's not eating. Right. So you start looking at all these different scenarios and, and you're like, okay, yeah, maybe that might be it. Or, or, you know, so you just kind of go with the flow with whatever the doctor's telling you because mm -hmm. you have no idea. Right. So now, Sherry, you, you have have Crohn's in your family. Yes, I do. So, so at any point in this transition with Parker, did you think it could be Crohn's or was that your mom? Saying? No, actually, <laughs> no, no. So looking back, it's funny because the older people in your family, like previous generations, um, it's not common for them to talk about these type That's of right. things, right? Yeah. So my grandmother, um, I have some aunts, you know, that are a lot older than I am. And that's taboo. You don't talk about bathroom issues and never mind your womanly parts and things like yeah, right. that. Um, so it wasn't until Parker was actually diagnosed and then, you know, the word spread in the family. And now you've got people coming out saying, that happened to me. Yep. Oh, so you don't even really know the extent even, of Crohn's no. until you openly said Absolutely. it. Absolutely. See, that's interesting because that's what happened in my family. Yeah. I was diagnosed, and then my dad's sister discovered that she yeah. also had it, was dealing with it, and had been dealing with it for quite some time and just thinking that it, yeah. she had a food allergy or yeah, something. Yeah. So, in fact, my diagnosis helped her yes. in a, in a, and that's come to terms that you with what she had. say you have yeah. history of it in your family because I have Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis and I have no history. That you know there of you yet. Know. That I know of yet. I mean, yes. th this is the thing, as Sherry's pointing out, right, th this is a past generation who didn't know about it, didn't really talk about it. You yeah. may find out that people in your family have did it. have it. Or have something, it yeah, because a lot of people that I talk to in my family, it's more along the lines of colitis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, and they were able to manage it right away or, you know, things like that, but. So when Parker officially got yes. the diagnosis mm -hmm. of Crohn's disease. Where yes. did he get his diagnosis? Um, I think he's like three or four years now. But, but where so did he, where was he diagnosed? Oh, um, at SickKids. Of course. Yes. Okay. Shout out to SickKids. You're the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's, it is truly amazing there. But what happened was I finally, um, I had enough of our, not that he's not great, our, our family doctor, right. but I thought, you know what, I'm not getting the answers that I need. That's specific enough. So I, yeah. I asked to be um, transferred to a pediatrician, and the pediatrician looked at him and said, I think he has Crohn's disease. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, this was like an aha moment. I thought, wow, this is great. Like, we finally know what's wrong with them. Okay, what's Crohn's disease? <laughs> Yeah. You know, okay, I was going to ask you, did you say, yay, like, I know what that no, is? No, like, like, but even Parker's reaction was like, okay, we know what it is. And then we left the office and I'm like, well, what the heck is it? <laughs> so so that's, that actually brings us to what we were, what, like, you get the diagnosis. Yes. yes. Then as a mom yes. with a 13-year-old who has Crohn's, what do you do? So the pediatrician actually said, I think this is what he has. And so he uh, arranged for a scope. You okay. arranged for a colonoscopy. Mm -hmm. At so, Sick Kids? No, at another hospital. Okay. So, but he said, in the meantime, if he loses any more weight, you take him to the ER at Sick Kids. Mm. And he lost two pounds in the next 24 hours. Whoa. So, was he no, really this, sick during yeah. those two? Those 24 yeah, he hours? started to really, really decline. So, so now at this point, Jerry, him. was Parker being honest with you about the bathroom? 
visits and what was in the um, toilet and from the time we started doing like testing um, until we seen the pediatrician, he was a little bit more open. And I did, I mean, it's it's gut wrenching to find out that your son is sick and not have a clue what's going yeah. on. Yeah. And I felt like the worst mother because I like where were you? How come you yeah. Didn't so know? I, it was one night he had a shower, and I remember this. He, he had a shower. And I could hear something going on in the bathroom. So I'm like, are you okay in there? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then I could hear him. And then I was like, he's crying. Mm. So I opened the door, which I would never do. I mean, you know, he's 13 years old. Right. Open the door and he's curled up in the corner and you could see every vertebrae on his back. Uh. And he's like, what's wrong with me? And he's like crying. Was this before the diagnosis? Yeah, and he's crying. So I'm like, you know what? Something's wrong. Something is seriously wrong. Like, I had no idea. This is ex especially upsetting for me to hear, Lisa, because, um, like, I can, Parker and Nathan, I met them uh, a few months after Parker was diagnosed. Sherry and yeah. Parker came to our mm -hmm. Crohn's and Colitis Durham chapter meeting. Um, and that's the first place I met him. And I just gravitated towards this kid. Um, and since then, I openly say, like, this is my brother from another mother. This mm -hmm. is the mother of yeah. the brother from another mother. <laughs> you know? So to hear that about him, um, it's it hurts. Yeah, for because sure. Because this is my brother, you know? And this damn disease. I, I mean, I... I, I relate in different ways because yeah. I was diagnosed when I was 11 mm -hmm. at Sick Kids Hospital. Yeah. Another yeah. shout out yeah. to Sick Kids. And uh, I felt, even at 11, my guilt for what I put my parents through was off the charts. Like, I just wanted to be a normal kid for them. Yeah. You know, just wanted to be have the problems yeah. of a normal kid. Yeah. I felt like I threw a curve into their life that I could never apologize for. Right. And now as a mom, I have a nine-year-old daughter and I, I you know my doctor knows what I'm doing I'm constantly every <laughs> stomach ache every weight loss I take her in and like yeah. she's yeah. fine this yeah. is normal yeah. some kids are just petite some kids are just you know they have growing pains but it is I mean I, I really related to what you were saying about yeah. your mom's voice in For the background sure. because as a mom yeah I just want to talk about your particular yeah. guilt, what you went yeah. through. Yeah. You know, yeah. I can, uh, yeah, I can completely relate yeah. to so, that moment. Yeah. When you see... And I mean, once you figure out actually what it is mm -hmm. and what they've been going through and what they are going to go through, um, you feel so helpless. Yeah. Not only just guilty, you feel helpless. And I find that even though I don't have Crohn's. I've been inherited you've got the disease. It. Yeah, you've got it. For sure. Because I don't feel the physical pain, but I go through the anxiety. I go through the emotional roller coaster. I, I'm, you know, I'm now a pharmacist because I have to make sure that they have what they need when they need it. And you must know yeah. as they're going on different <clears throat> medications that yeah. different medications will have different side effects. Absolutely. That it will interfere to some to some amount Absolutely. with their day-to-day -day and, yeah. their, and, and their lives where, beyond And that's day -day. where I also wear the hat of psychologists because, you know, you can read off what, what the potential side effects are for these new medications and stuff like that, but you got to transfer that lingo yeah. to kid knowledge. To a kid, yeah. yeah. So now you, you, it's, it's so challenging sometimes yeah. that, you know, even though you tell them it's going to make you feel really bad, but it's okay. 
you know, and even you just too, have to get Sherry, through like it. Not even knowing yourself, it must be scary to say, okay, my son is my sons are going to start this medication. The doctor explains everything to me. I get it in my adult brain. I know. I don't know. I don't know. And yeah. I have to put a hat on like I know. Absolutely. Because my boys have to know Take that this. I know. Absolutely. They, yeah. Absolutely. Like that's a that's a big job. It's huge. That's a big job yeah. to do. It's huge. And my mom my mom didn't have to deal with me as a teenager yeah. being ill. I was twenty when I was diagnosed yeah. living on my own right. at that point. Um, but I already I see what my mom takes on mm-hmm. with an adult daughter. My mom and my dad. Because my, you're responsible yeah. my for partner, that person. What my yeah. partner has yeah, to take absolutely. on. Because. Yeah. So was Nathan's diagnosis just, similar? Just one yeah. second before yeah, sure. we get into that. What was going on with Nathan while this was all happening with Parker? So, um, he. Nathan was young at that point. <clears throat> yeah, because, yeah, they're three years apart, right? Okay. So, um, yeah, Nate would have been nine. So nothing nine, at that ten. point was happening. Nothing. Um, Healthy kid, normal. Growth. Absolutely fine. Which but, was Parker at nine as well, wasn't it? Yeah. So the thing was with, because we also, they, I also have an older son. Now it's funny because the older son didn't get it, but the younger two did. So Parker's being in the middle and being the sick. Now I have to juggle the older one dealing with his brother, the younger one dealing with his brother. So um, you, you have to explain things to both of them on different ter- on different levels, right? So uh, it's been a little tricky that way. Yeah. And you know what? As we've been saying in other episodes as well, no two Crohn's, no two ulcerative colitis yeah. and is that's, the same. And that's what I was going to say. So You've been through it, it once, Sherry, expl- but you haven't. Yeah, so in, in <laughs> explaining it to the other boys what he's going through, right? So they have this this vision of what Crohn's is. So from Parker. From Parker. So when Nathan started to get sick, it was completely different. So what did it look like? So yeah. So with him, it wasn't so much um, it wasn't so much the the diarrhea and the bloody stool and all of that. With him, it was more um, mental. Mm. Mental and physical, so very, very tired, um, sore body, sore joints. Um, him going through puberty was a lot more stressful. Um, he felt that he didn't fit in. People didn't like him. Um, he just felt so different. So it was, it was really hard trying to figure out, you know, is, is this Crohn's? What was it? I didn't even. No. It didn't even hit me. It didn't hit me until he was in grade eight. And they were going through um, high school orientation. And he like was like the, the visit, the high yeah, school day. Yeah, so he was so excited. He was so excited to go. And that's all he talked about for two weeks. And then the day of, he came downstairs crying. He's like, Mom, I don't think I can go. I'm like, Why? What's wrong? Like, you've been waiting for this day. You're going to yeah, get your shirt. Like, like you get the high school t shirt and the tour. And he's like, I, I don't think I can go. I, I'm just in so much pain. I don't think I can go. And I went, uh-oh. Where was his pain at that point? In his stomach? Whole body. He was just hurting. He was just hurting. Kind of like when you have a fever. <clears throat> like, don't he was just hurting hurts. all over. And he said, I don't have the energy to walk two blocks to the high school. I'm never going to make it. Was he losing weight at this point as well? Um, a little. Really? You know what? Same with Parker. He was growing rapidly. So, so it was hard to tell whether yeah. his weight was sort of keeping up or not yet, right? But as soon as he said, I can't make it, and I thought, you can't walk two blocks. Now, yeah. Sherry, Parker and Nathan are part of the GEM study. 
Absolutely, yeah. Um, that's going on. Yep. So pa Parker. Oh, let's just remind everybody what the yeah. Gem so the gems, is. the gem project the gem is a project, study yeah. that happens. Um, they're following. They're hoping to get at least five thousand people. They're pretty close. They're in the four thousand and yep. something. Yes. Um, so what they do is they take a person who has IBD and mm -hmm. then they follow their healthy siblings right. um, who have the condition. So Parker being diagnosed with IBD and Sherry being super mom decided to <laughs> enroll uh, Parker and Nathan into the study. So. Nathan was a part of the study um, early when he was healthy. Right. Before so, IBD. Yeah, so when Parker was diagnosed, that's the thing. You you don't intend to become super mom, but you just throw you yourself to. into everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you, you want to know and you want to support. You have a son right. who has to be a super son. So when I was approached about the GEM project, I thought, without a question. So my older son was enrolled and then my younger son was right. enrolled. So Wesley was enrolled and then Nathan. And then when Nathan was diagnosed, then it hit me like, this is like a gold mine, <laughs> right? <laughs> for the gem, for the for gem, gem study, project, this yeah. is great. So I contacted them right away and said, look, you have healthy samples of a colon, of and a now colon, you have the same colon and now disease. you have the same colon disease. And I think there's less than 20 out of the 4,000 and something. Yeah. I believe it's around the number 20 out of the 4,000 and however many people they're following, less than 20 are like Nathan. Wow. who are healthy and then just so happens. And of course, like we never want to hear that somebody's been diagnosed, no. but if you're in a study like this, it's, it's, the, it's information that we've never had before. Yeah. Right. Ever. Yeah. Right. So now he's he's still progressing in the gem study because now of course now he's got to do a little bit. Extra. Well, you we still have your healthy son as yeah. well to look. Yeah. At. So and they call him regularly as well to oh, make so sure. So the older son is yeah. registered in the yeah as well. Too. Yeah. Did Nathan's diagnosis come from sick kids? Did it come from a test of the gem study? How did it come? Uh, Nate, so what happens when, when he said that he couldn't make it to high school, I said to Nate, I think you have Crohn's disease. Mm, you said it. Yeah. You know, Dr. Mom. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I said, you know what? And I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to contact Parker's nurse, and I'm going to get you in to see if you can see Dr. Walters. So I... I emailed her right away and she said, bring him in tomorrow. Mm. This is why sick kids see? Yeah. Yeah, yes. I love this place. Why did you think Crohn's? I mean, you, you're saying that the symptoms were presenting differently, so right. why did you go right to Crohn's? Um, hindsight is twenty twenty. so mm -hmm. I had all this knowledge from Parker mm -hmm. that I missed. Because this was three mm. years yes. now you've been dealing yes. with. Yes, so when he... The moment that he said, I just don't think I can make it at two blocks, and then it was like a flashback of all these memories. Oh, yeah, he's not eating as much anymore. And, you know, yeah. is he going to the bathroom? So then I started asking him questions, yeah. and I started asking him all the questions that I didn't know to ask Parker. And then all the little boxes were being checked off one by one by one. And a mother's instinct. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, moms of are never course. wrong. It's a little well, bit frustrating. No. Well, that's not true. We tell them we're never wrong, right? That is, we don't let them know that. We the tell them. The thing is, we we see everything that they could potentially have. Like every time my and mom tells me something, and then we bring it back into something that it probably is. Every like, time but, my mom tells me something and it's not true, then I'm just like, damn it, mom! Like, uh, how yeah. did you figure this out already? Well, that's like, why I'm so interested yeah. in your mom being a part of the picture yes. because. Yeah. I know that that would just increase my anxiety level if I had somebody saying, there's something wrong with your kid, there's something wrong with your kid, and you were trying desperately to have nothing be wrong with your kid. I know. <laughs> you know, so yeah. to add that piece to it, like, um, and, 
And as moms, we look to our moms to show us how it's done because that's all we've got, right? Because try as hard as I might, when I birthed my daughter, I yeah. pushed and pushed, but a manual, her operating manual, did not follow right. her out. So, <laughs> you know, you have to go to the experts. Absolutely. So you wonder how much is this coming from your anxiety and how much yeah. is based on your experience of seeing me when I was a kid and you know, how do you know something is wrong? Yeah. When they were both diagnosed, so it was hands down, Nathan had Crohn's. Yep. We, we took him in. We did some blood tests because there are certain markers that they can Absolutely. look for. Um, and then he actually got a scope right away. And sure he had enough, inflammation. Yeah, absolutely. So did both of the boys, like were their journeys similar in terms of as soon as they got their diagnosis, did they both take the same medication? Did they both... Did, I did know, it, it was work three for years them? apart? Yes. But yep. did, did it follow a similar track? Yeah, it, there was a pattern. So, of course, the lovely prednisone. Prednisone. You start that right away. and um, All the weight comes back. Oh, instantly. Yeah. Instant. Instantly. It is instant. Right? It's so, um, shocking, actually. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 the, and the, Parker had been so thin. Yeah. I can't even imagine how much. It must have yeah. made it him look. I know with yeah. with prednisone with Parker, I, I it that broke my heart Very because rad. he yeah photos. he gained so much weight so quickly that he developed some pretty violent stretch marks. Mm. Like he had All tiger stripes wrapped yeah. around his legs, wow. and now you've got this kid going into grade nine that has to take gym class and wear a uniform right. where he's wearing shorts. So. This is something else that's going through yeah, my mind. Yeah, people don't as think that boys have these body issue yeah, problems, and but, they do. Oh, it's of wrong course. to think it's just a Absolutely. girl thing. It's boys and girls. <laughs> I, I think puberty is, is, is trial by fire. Like it's just you're walking through the flames. It's hard enough on its own, <laughs> yeah. but to layer on yeah, a disease like Crohn's and yeah. all the and just think about it's grade nine too. This is a yeah. new school, yeah. and you are a small fish in a big pond. Yeah. yeah. So with Nate having to go through the similar medications, sort of down the same road. Um, I had a little bit more insight as to what was coming up next. So with him, I was able to, you know, cushion the blow a little bit. Okay, this is what's going to happen. And be a little bit more emotionally prepared yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Good mom. Good mom. <laughs> Good mom taking on so much. So both of your boys now, are they on Remicade? Um, Parker on is on Remicade. And it's working for him? It's working for him. It's good. Um, yeah, he's very good. The only downside to the Remicade is that it has caused skin breakdown. Yes. Can you skin talk breakdown. about that a little bit for us? Yeah. So with him, it started out to be um, eczema, sort of psoriasis looking. And then all of a sudden, just like pieces of skin would just be missing. Yeah, open. So I remember yeah. seeing his hands. He had he had open sores on his fingers and his hands. Like, yeah, the best way actually to describe it is as almost like a chunk of his skin fell off. So this is a result of Remicade. Yes. This is a side effect of Remicade. Now Remicade is one of the more expensive treatments. Correct. Ridiculous. So yeah. is there? It's a biologic. It's you don't take it in pill form. It's through IV. It's an intravenous um, effusion. Yeah. How often do you, yeah. do you get the infusion? They're different for everyone. Some it's every four weeks, some every six, some every eight. I've usually heard about every eight as the stretchiest. Eight, eight the is furthest. the goal, is yeah. to stretch it out. Um, one, because the government deems it as too expensive. 
So they try and stretch you out. I also deem it as too expensive. <laughs> it is. It is expensive. But, um, yeah. yeah. It's so, a biologic. I mean, the biologic yeah. line of drugs, the Remicade, the Humeras, the, yeah. you know. The, the, anything like that. And not to disparage them. I mean, we <laughs> no, need this doing bouquet. Fantastic. And, yes. of course, it's working for people. Yeah. And, yeah. You know. So with Parker, they tried to stretch it out, but it, it wasn't working. So they put him right back to four weeks. So he did four weeks for about two years. And that's actually... He's, they're trying to stretch him again right now, aren't they? So they're trying to stretch him again right now, which is why he couldn't be here because um, he's just exhausted. Yeah. He should have had, if it was going every four weeks, he should have had one last Tuesday. So his body is um, craving And right today now. be Saturday. He's just wiped. He doesn't. He's cause, exhausted. Because he, he would normally have already had the drug by now. Exactly. He'd have his boost and he would be back So to... his arthritis, which is a secondary diagnosis because of his Crohn's, um, is just killing him. Yeah, this is another thing that really yeah. hit me because, as I've said, I have Crohn's also, class, and I was diagnosed with arthritis and then fibromyalgia. And then I meet Parker. He has Crohn's. And I meet Parker and his brother who gets diagnosed with Crohn's. And then Parker gets diagnosed with arthritis as well. Yeah. And it, it's, yeah. Just, it's just it's a, a very, lot. yeah, a, and he's a coincidence now. that the pattern just seems to be repeating itself. I mean, it's just such a difficult time. Not difficult. It's such a challenging time in yeah, life, you know, because sure. you're going through puberty, you're going into new schools. I, we, the, the other thing that you both said that really st struck a chord with me was going into high school. Like this, the, stre the stress <laughs> of that on its own is so much. I, my, you should, some, next week I'll bring it in to show you my grade <laughs> nine picture when I had lost all the weight yeah. that I had you know, put back on since my diagnosis and my treatment, and I was doing okay in my big fish in the small pond world of being in K to eight school. And then suddenly I make the switch into a school where I'm the youngest, I'm a minor niner. Yeah. And I just and you're got the smallest. Sick. Yeah. So well, sick. I'm looking I lost at my, my so much weight. Yeah. I have like being a grade seven, eight teacher, and I'm so grateful that the majority of my grade eight students are healthy. Yeah. But I can see the stress inside like it's a, it's application time right now. So the stress that I see them going through, and then I can't even imagine if I had a kid in my class who was doing all of this plus dealing with a chronic illness of any sort. I Yeah. I believe you should just stay home, man. Yeah. Like, do you look yeah. at? Do, do you do you do you mentally diagnose kids in your school or in your world? Like, I don't like, mentally. I think you might have no. an IBD. I don't I mentally diagnose them, but I definitely I'm I'm more sensitive. You're more aware. Yes, I'm more sensitive to their anxiety because I suffer mm -hmm. hugely from anxiety and depression, mm -hmm. um, and I'm more sensitive to the bathrooms. Yeah. Absolutely. But I'm also more open about it too. I talk openly all the time about my disease. You know, my all of my students are aware of it. Right. Um, th they know everything. They even know that I, I use enemas and suppositories. Like there's, I, I, I'm a science teacher. But you even having said that, it. don't you find that people just automatically gravitate to you Absolutely. and want to talk about poo? Now they start telling right? me about their poo all the time. They do that to me too. You know, <laughs> and then I started wondering like, mm, maybe these yeah. kids are just waiting to come to science class to go to the bathroom because they know Miss Wicks <laughs> is not going to say no. You know, so yeah. then I had to have one of those conversations like, okay, guys, yeah. you know. <laughs> and if you're just trying to get out of science class, that's so, not okay. It's yeah. funny that you mentioned that because as a parent, you also have to intensify your um, little receptors as to, are they trying to pull a fast one? Yes. Yeah, like, are, do they have a test today? Is that I why know. they're sick? I know. So you really <laughs> have to filter out what is real and what is not real. Yeah. So I think being honest with the kids, for sure, um, about what's going on, their treatment, always including them with what's going on. Where's Nathan's treatment right now? Pill form? 
Uh, yeah. So right now, his um, he's not feeling well, but I think it's more of a psychological thing with him. So, so could this be a normal people sick, or could this be a Crohn sick? Um, I think he thinks it's a Crohn sick. So we're trying to work through that because that'll make him more sherry. If he thinks it's a Crohn sick, that's that vicious cycle we yeah. were talking yeah. about. Yeah. You, you get, then you get nervous, then you get terrified because you don't want to go right. in the hospital. That which causes is why, more anxiety. Right. Which is why I didn't press him to come today. Because I thought, you know what, let's then just, no right. Absolutely. So let's just do that instead. But we'll hopefully um, get those boys in the future. Yeah, also. but like I, I have to play that, you know, like is this, is this really sick or, you know? Yeah. And then, <laughs> how, and then how you're almost afraid to say it because you don't want, to, you don't want them to think my mom thinks I'm lying. Or, right. Yeah. You know, so you right. got to tiptoe. Yeah. Right. But I, I've been very honest with the kids. I'm like, you know what? If you come to me and you tell me that today is not a good day, I'm going to believe you. And it doesn't have to be a physical good day. Right. Or, you know, it, it can maybe you're having an emotional right. bad day. And I've learned that through actually going to the meetings and talking to other people because that's a big thing that it people is. will say is that um, people don't believe them when yes. they say they're sick because they don't see the physical. Yeah. Yeah part yeah. of it, right? They don't see anything physically This is an invisible wrong. disease. It's an invisible disease. So, and it must be hard right. for a kid because we look at kids as, you know, rambunctious and they lie and they try to get out of things and they're irresponsible. Like this is how society views teenagers. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, and that brings me to a question I have for you about yeah, sure. what your experience is like. Like how, how much has this affected your life? And I don't just mean... Positive um, or negative. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't just mean in the world of Crohn's, but, like, do you find you're taking time away from the things that you normally did or you're committing your, your oh, resources for sure. elsewhere? Oh, for sure, and it, and it, it affects everybody. Yeah. Like, all of my relationship affects, like, so, like, for example, like, work. Like, where I work now, they're very great. Um, I'm very thankful that if I have to go on the fly... There's no questions asked. That's wonderful. That um, I'm also very thankful that I have so many vacation days and I have so many personal days that I can take on the fly. Um, because you never know when, you know, you're going to get the call and say, you know, they're sick or, you know, there's an opening for an MRI tomorrow. Can right. you go? Yeah. So that kind of thing yeah. is really good. Um, the other thing was um, it also affects your marriage as well. because. Absolutely. Because now, because I'm the, the primary caregiver and the one that deals with all of this stuff, um, when the boys are sleeping in, like when Parker sleeps in till 11, 12 o'clock on a Saturday, you know, my husband is losing his mind, right? Because he's like... <laughs> You know, like, and I'm like, and I'm like, you know what, today is not a good day for him. Like, you, you really have to, you know, then educate him in a you know sort of a tactful way where he's like you know he's old school right yeah. like and you've been in. on that journey I have to right. agree my mom definitely um has more knowledge yes about yeah, my sure. condition than that, my dad that was the same for me <clears throat> yeah. yeah my mom was my champion yeah my, and my mom is emotionally stronger than my dad yep well your dad fixes doors when my you're dad sick. Yeah, right my, my, my dad, dad the fixes hospital, hospital fix, doors fixes a door because he doesn't want to sit in the room with his sick daughter like he has to keep busy you know um so the, and you know my dad sherry this is my dad you but know, my husband is around. the same way right the kids yeah. are in the hospital and my husband's like the clock is crooked 
crooked. Yeah. It's like, I wonder how I, yeah. even though he's straight, my dad putters around and has to fix things <laughs> to keep his, because he can't fix me. Yes, right. right. Of course. So he has to fix something else yeah. to fill that void. This, is that hard for you to be the one to, to, to be the, the resource, the one who is carrying the weight, you know, carrying most of the weight and, and um, being the, the champion? Sometimes it is. And I've learned, actually, I've learned that um, when I get to those points where it's just overwhelming, I reach out mm -hmm. and I vent mm -hmm. and I ask for help mm -hmm. and I seek advice from others. Because if you don't, you'll just implode. Yeah. <laughs> Sherry is our chapter president. Uh, she's our Durham chapter president for Crohn's and Colitis Canada. Yeah, you told me she was voluntold. 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 Yes. A little bit voluntold. I don't mind, though. A little bit, Sherry. Well, if you don't do this, then I'll have to. So... But if you do it, I know. <laughs> I won't have to. I and know. then it will be See? fantastic if you I do know. it. There's always because, a wink wink in there, right? You and you're so good at it. <laughs> yeah. Ah. So has having two children with IBD given you positive? Given you anything positive? Something that you think if my two boys didn't have these conditions, you know, maybe I wouldn't have had these experiences or I wouldn't have this strength or is Any coping skills? Is there you... anything that you've taken? Yeah. From it? So, um, because when the kids were young, um, they were introverts, but now both, both, all, I don't actually, see all, Nathan. all three of them. I know. You I would, see Parker. You like would that, never but know. I don't see you Nathan would never know. Like that. So the fact that they have this disease, and I've been really open with them and encouraged them to be open. Um, Their confidence is building. Huge. Huge. Uh, yeah, they'll talk to anybody. And not only about their disease, but I find that they'll talk to anybody about anything. Because they don't want to have somebody... Suffer. Um, right. Exactly. So do you feel then, like, maybe your communication with your boys, like, you wouldn't have had this strong of a relationship with two teenage boys, maybe without this? Because I know teenage boys, parents, teenagers yeah. and parents. I was not a good yeah. teenager. To, like yeah. to my mom and dad, <laughs> like I had good marks and you know, I wasn't bad. I wasn't skipping school and doing yeah. all these things, but you know, I know I was a bit rough. I had no time for yeah. my mom really? and dad. Really? She tell, you know? I can't see that yeah, at all. <laughs> so I had a little bit of a, a little bit no, of a rebel. Yeah. No. You knew your own mind. Yeah. So, so uh, and, and yeah, I, there's a lot of kids that are like that. And so I'm, I'm very grateful that the boys come to me first, regardless of what it, what it's concerning. So I find that's just awesome. I, you, you can't even put a price tag on that. Yeah. For it, sure. And so, has it, has it brought your older son into like into the situation um, a little bit a little bit um i think he sort of has his own little issues going on we all do and, and the thing is with him too being the oldest there's a lot more responsibility put on to him too right which is there not is really fair but and emotionally it's, it's got to be hard too as well to know that you have two younger brothers who are sick yeah yeah and if even if you don't openly share that has Parker been a good role model? You know, has he been in a position where he could be well enough to help with Nathan? Does Nathan help Parker? So um, when they're both down and out, um, they're compassionate to each other. Mm. Um, but Just when teenage boys together too. Like, I know. You know. It, but when they're not, when they're like when they're healthy, it's just regular teenage it's boys. Brutal. <laughs> It's brutal. <laughs> it's just a regular teenage yeah. boy relationship, yeah. Yeah. actually. Yeah, and yeah, and the thing is, we, we live in a small house. We live very modest, so it's just a three-bedroom home. So it 
just so happens that Parker and Nathan also share a bedroom. Oh, so yeah. that throws another like oh, monkey wrench into my, this situation, right? My so. brother and I are three and a half years apart, yeah. and like a boy and a girl, so it's a little bit different. But we shared a bedroom. We lived in an apartment, and our relationship was definitely—it's very much still headbutt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. every now and then. Um, yeah. But it's nice to hear that, in a way, their disease almost brings them together, especially when they're not well. Yes. Because. And I honestly think when they get older, this is going to increase. Yeah. I mean, I've had to put a little reminder in Parker's ear every once in a while because if yeah. Nate's kind of, you can see he's on the downswing and Parker will just grind him for something. And I'm like, dude. Like, you need to be a little bit more sensitive. You recognize yeah, what's happening. Like, do you remember right? when you were there? I know. So he needs a little reminder every once in a while. And then Parker's sometimes he's like, you know what? He'll be fine. Like, cause he's like, yeah, he'll, this will happen, this will happen, he'll get over it. And I'm like, okay, but be a little sensitive, it right? It won't necessarily be yeah. the same thing, yeah. So this is also actually, this is also another reason why um, when they're going through things, I try and keep their doctors and their treatment and their nurses and everything separate because I want them to experience things on their own. I don't want, I don't, yeah, yeah I don't yeah. want them to be compared and I don't want Nate riding on Parker's coattails. Well, there's also, it's almost like, it's got to be like a struggle for like attention as well. And it's yeah. got to be almost like a neglect thing. Like kids yearn to be connected. They want to feel loved. They want to feel appreciated. They want to, yeah. and then you have one being sick, someone else gets sick. It's almost like you stole my disease. Right. You stole my attention. <clears throat> right. And I, I, you know? I purposely tried not to do that. Right. So that's where, you know the psychiatrist hat comes in that you're yeah. trying to deal with this and deal with this and so both Nathan and Parker are in high school yes being a teacher I'm very sensitive yes um to my kids like for example I have a student who I'm so grateful she just received a new kidney mm -hmm. so she's oh, wow. been missing 75 percent of the school mm -hmm. a year because of dialysis three times a day and she just got a call a couple weeks ago. They have a kidney ready for her. That's awesome. So I'm very sensitive to that. She's had the surgery. She's recovering. What advice do you give to teachers, to me, to a teacher or teachers in high school? What advice do you give to them about, you know, I have, to, have you been open? I have two boys with IBD. Does the school know? Are they making accommodations? So that's, that's the other What's thing. What's the advice to yeah. give to those parents? <clears throat> so, you know, um, as a parent, it's then becomes your job to educate the school Absolutely. and educate the teachers, yeah. which becomes very frustrating. And you also encourage that. Like, don't sit back, parents. Yep. Don't be the one who doesn't yeah, say anything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Get into the it, school Don't assume office. that they've seen it before. Well, this, this is the thing. It doesn't matter who you talk to. You have to be the advocate yeah. for your child. Yeah. Absolutely. Whether it's a doctor, a teacher, um, their friends, their friend's parents. My um, friend refers to it as being a VIP, yeah. <laughs> uh, a very informed parent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I I find that, um, yeah, that I really had to educate the teachers. Um, and Plus, they must have seen Parker go through this journey. Yeah, they see Parker go through the journey, but Parker is very private about it. Um, he's a very proud kid. So, so unless they're seeing the physical change, right. they're not really right. picking up on anything and else. And Nate is complete opposite personality-wise. Yes, he, he is very, very he is out there. Like, I have Crohn's, <laughs> and I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me out. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, with Park or with Nathan, he has no problem explaining this to the teacher over and over if they don't get it. Right. Um, and 
I've been very lucky and, and fortunate that way that the teachers have been very helpful and very understanding. Have the schools been accommodating when it comes to like exams? High school, you have exams. Yeah, so that was another thing that we were very fortunate with Parker, that they were understanding of that. Um, when Parker started his Remicade and he started to lose the skin in places, um, it was during exam time because stress brings on a flare. Mm -hmm. um, and the flare then made the skin worse. So by the time the actual exam time came, he had no skin on his hands. And couldn't hold a pencil. And he couldn't hold a pencil. Pen. Yeah. So they made accommodations for him that he would have... Um, a, a scribe? Yeah. So they read, you know, he read it, read the question, read it out loud, and then he verbally told someone his answer. So and that's, that's the way great. it should be. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> Hands down, it shouldn't even be a question. And that's what I was saying. Yeah. At, in post-secondary education as well, um, if you go to your student services and you say, I have this disease, they must make the accommodations for you. Yeah. Even if that means you're going to write your exam in a room that's right beside a toilet. Yeah. Like, they must make those accommodations yeah. Yeah, for Yeah, for sure. So It's good um, to know, though, it's, it's a good reminder, uh, the, the VIP thing, it's a good reminder for parents who are listening to know that that won't necessarily be something that is just assumed it, just available. You oh, may yeah. have to voice it. Never you may have to get assume. in yeah. the school's Never ear assume. repeatedly yep. to Absolutely. make sure that they're pursuing that. Well, um, as I'm sure many of us know, we all know here and our listeners are going to know as well. Not everybody knows what IBD is when you that's tell right. them. That's right. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and usually once you start talking about it, that's when you start meeting people who know about it. But normally people don't know about it. You know, yeah. so other than making sure that, you know, the advice that you'd give to caregivers, number one, definitely communicate this with the schools, For sure. with the teachers, with the schools so that your child, when they're not in your care, yeah. you can trust they're being taken care of, they're being respected, they're being looked at. What other advice would you give to a mom or a dad or? Um, actually, the number one advice I would give would be um, the airplane theory is to put oh. the mask on first and because you can't help someone if you're not helping yourself. Mm -hmm. So the whole situation is so overwhelming and so stressful and so chaotic and, and just heartbreaking um, that you just automatically want to jump in and do everything that you can, of right? Of course, yeah. You end up burning out quickly. Absolutely. So if you don't learn to actually stop and look after yourself, um, you're not going to be able to, to help your kid yeah. at all. Um, that's the most important thing. And then once you learn to um, to look after yourself and make sure that you're eating and you're getting sleep and you're doing all the things that you need to do, um, then you become this warrior, this warrior advocate for your children. And I think that's so important because I think parents will feel guilty taking time for themselves. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. But if, but if my caregiver, whether it be my mom, whether it be my partner who I now live with, if they're not taking care of themselves, then they're not being the they're best not there for me. for you. Yeah. That's right. And I need them to be the best for me. And and as difficult as it is uh, going through yeah. uh, Crohn's and colitis or, or colitis attack, you... It's such, there's such an emotional piece to being a patient and looking over at your caregiver and going, they're good, I'm not mm -hmm. tearing, you know. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. we have that guilt anyway, but to be able to see that your caregiver is strong for you and mm -hmm. able to support you. have that guilt as a parent. You. If you have a healthy yeah. child, yeah. Mm -hmm. taking time for yourself out of your child, like, that's yeah. got to be, yeah. I'm not a mom, but I can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah. Like, if, I, if a student comes to me and says, Mr. can you help me at lunchtime with my science? I really want to take a break and eat my lunch. But yeah. if you're going to, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to eat lunch that day. 
Yeah. Because he wants help. She wants help. Yeah. So I can't even imagine when it's a mom, it's 24-7, it never goes yeah. away. And I've learned that the hard way because I did burn out. And I did have to go to the doctor and I did get anxiety medication because it's just overwhelming. And the thing is, you want to do that. You want to help. You want to do everything because that's your child and you would do anything for Absolutely. your child. Um, you would take the decision And then it, it just became could. so overwhelming that I couldn't even think straight. And I thought, you need to, you need help. You yeah. need help. And that's the thing um, is, is asking for help. Yeah. And, and trying not to be embarrassed. And, That's a fantastic advice, too. Yeah. It yeah. is. It is. It's really important for Ask people to hear. Ask for help. And Ask for help. There is so much help out there. So much. Oh, my gosh. There's so much. Uh, and I loved what you said when you first started talking to us, that you said, uh, we are a family with this disease. Absolutely. Because it, it does. It becomes yeah. your entire life. And, and with a family, you know, family problems, but also family resources. Yeah. You're there for each other. Yeah, for sure. So, so yeah. just one last question. It's yeah. kind of putting you on the spot here. Go for it. You're, you know, with you having Parker and Nathan being ill, with you being so involved in the Crohn's and Colitis community, I know firsthand I watched you do it alongside <laughs> with me. Um, what do you think is needed what do you think is the missing piece of the puzzle to help people with IBD? Do you think it's more awareness? Do you think people need to talk about it more? Do you think the approach to the disease needs to be more holistic? Is, do you feel like there's something, if just this void was filled, the journey could be easier? Or maybe it's from a parent perspective. Do you feel that there should be more support for parents? You, uh, that's, that's a pretty loaded question. Cause it's a big I, question. I, I know. Um, because everything that you have asked, I agree with 100%. Yeah. Um, it's funny. When you walk into a room and they know that you're dealing with this, they come and they pour their heart out to you. Mm -hmm. um, and you think, wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there's a lot of people out there that need support that need help that need resources that need information um that just need a friend yeah. so there's, and there's different ways of yeah, different levels of comfort with being honest absolutely. about what's going on yeah and i find that um and you know in in the meetings and stuff like that once people absolutely. come um newcomers they will come and they don't know really what to expect but when they get there they feel comfortable because we're they all in the same their, they and they up. just yeah, they just let it all out. We've had people lift up their shirts to show us like st patches of their. They just recently surgery. Look, this is me. We, you know, and and, and they just want to know is this, is this normal? Is this normal yeah. for IBD? Is this normal? Yeah. <laughs> and and when we say yeah, you know, you're doing great. This is this is normal. You can just see the the relief, the relief in their face and their body and their mannerisms, like. Okay. Like I'm not Other the people only have one yeah. along this path. Yeah. And, and, yeah. He, and that gentleman even said, like, I, I try to talk to my wife, but she doesn't, she doesn't understand. And we can't expect her to understand. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Right. But I think that's I think that's big, though. I think the support groups not only for the children with IBD, not only for the adults with IBD, but the support support groups for the people who love people with IBD. For sure. Because just like an AA meeting. If you live with an alcoholic, that's a disease. That's your Some, family disease. That yeah. is your family, family disease. disease. Right. And not only does the person with who is addicted to alcohol need to be helped, but the family needs to be helped. Yeah. If you have a chronic illness in your family, everyone in that family needs to be helped. I everyone think, needs to I, know. Yeah, I think what's going on now it, with all the talking and, and um, it's being 
out in the media mm-hmm. more than it ever has been before. Absolutely. Um, and we're I, grateful for that. I know. Yeah. I think that's a, a wonderful step in the right direction because if you look at the past, right, even my own experience with previous generations, it's taboo. You don't talk about it. So even just that change. It's breaking the stereotype for sure. Uh, we're absolutely. slowly chipping away at that yeah. wall of this is a stigma. Yeah. There's a stigma associated. We're chipping away at that wall. Yeah. And with the rate of children being diagnosed having doubled since 1995, we need to get a jackhammer to that wall. Yeah. Because I, I, can't, I can't even imagine a kid having this disease. I don't mm-hmm. want this kid growing up thinking there's a stigma associated yeah. to what's wrong with them. Yeah. So we need to just wrecking ball Miley Cyrus into this wall. <laughs> Let's get her in real quick. Get her, you know? her in. Uh-oh. Get it down. Nude on a wrecking ball. <laughs> because my brothers from another mother and all the other brothers and sisters from other mothers and misters need to feel confident yeah. yes. as they go forth. Yeah. Now, look, I know they, we said that was kind of wrapping it up, but I have one yeah, question sure. from, this is my perspective, somebody who's not really in the active stages of a disease and not dealing with, on a day-to-day, yeah. everything that comes with that. Do you feel like science is close to getting us an answer for why people have Crohn's and colitis? Are we getting closer? I see a lot of articles about transplants and understanding where, right. you know, is, is that real? Is that making an impact in the community for the pe- people who are suffering now? You for feel- me, when I go to this, these um, seminars and symposiums and listen to medical professionals talk about where we're headed and what's going on now, I feel so hopeful. That's great. I feel so hopeful. I agree with you. You know, being at the recent seminar I was at in Quebec City, um, yeah, like we still have a long way to go, but we do. But just listening, it's so it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, like I left that meeting learning about all of these scientists and all all of the research that's surrounding Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. I left with my head so high. Yeah, I was so confident, and that means the the cure yeah, could be that's fifty years down the yep. road, or it could. It could be tomorrow. But just even know that this is happening. To know that people are, there's money going towards it. There are people dedicating their lives to fixing us. You know, and when you hear about everything that's going on, it is so comforting. I can't, it gives me so much strength. I don't know if I would be as strong as I am today if this was 20 years ago when all of this wasn't happening. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so kudos to those people like you, Lisa, who have been struggling for 30 plus years, who've had Crohn's ulcerative colitis for this long. And you went through the dark period where nobody was talking about it. Right. Yeah, kudos to my mom for getting through that. Kudos to mamas. Yay, me. Kudos to caretakers, families who are dealing with this. And yay to all of you listening who are caregivers. We really hope that um, Sherry being here today and sharing so openly about Nathan and Parker. Nathan and Parker, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, boys, you know I love you. I can't wait for you to get better and to have you on the show so that other kids can hear about your wonderful experiences. Um, Lisa? Yeah, and uh, hey, you know, Boys, we said, Sherry, sometimes IBD <laughs> happens and... Uh, shit happens. Don't, shit shit happens. happens. Don't yeah. worry. If it's <laughs> if it's not the right day for you, we will work around you. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Sherry, for Thanks coming for in. Me. Thanks, being Sherry. Thanks for having honest. me. You've been Jensen approved the whole time. <laughs> Jensen has been sleeping, cuddled right Snoring up to you. Snoring away. Yeah. Strength and positive thoughts, everyone. Take care, everybody. Till next time. Thank you.